Kiora, and welcome to Whispers of Grace, a place for women to be encouraged by God's holy word. I'm your host, Julie Colbeth, and I am overjoyed to dig into the Bible with you today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Whispers of Grace. This is actually going to be a very different podcast because I am going to do a few book reviews today instead of heading through the book of Exodus. I always love to hear about what other people are reading because I'm a reader and I love to understand just a little bit more about a book before I pick it up. So I thought what a cool opportunity to devote an entire episode to just going over a few books that I have read lately that I found really encouraging. So I hope that this encourages you. And if you are a reader like me, then this is a cool opportunity to hear about some good stuff. Okay, the first book that I'm going to talk about is called Tactics. And I will make sure that I link all of these books in the show notes so you don't have to try and write it down. You can look it up. I'll link them in so you can find them later. But this book is called Tactics. It's by a man named Gregory Kolkel. And he has so many people rooting for him on the back of this book. Um, Norm Geisler, William Lane Craig, J.P. Morgan, Sean McDowell. If you don't know any of these guys, most of them are apologists, and it's all about defending the faith. This book I loved because it was super duper practical. The front of it says a game plan for discussing your Christian convictions, and that's really what it is. It kind of goes through the trouble that we have sometimes as Christians with talking to people that don't know about Jesus or are combative towards the Christian faith. And I know for me, I've, I mean, I went to Bible college, I continued my education, I've been a Christian most of my life, and I still get nervous when I talk to someone, especially someone that's educated, or I feel like knows more than me, I feel bulldozed often, and I don't really know what to say. But reading this book, I feel like it gave me such a better understanding of how to have conversations. The back of this book says, Tactics teaches you how to maneuver comfortably and graciously as you share your faith with others. Learn how to navigate the minefields, stop challengers in their tracks, turn the tables, and most importantly, get people to think about Jesus. Kokel shows you how to skillfully manage the details of a dialogue. Apply principles of sound reasoning and clear thinking, address specific types of attacks on the faith, and adopt an engaging, disarming style even when people raise objections. Tactics gives you the game plan for communicating the compelling truth about Christianity with both grace and confidence. If you have never taken a class on logic, I would highly suggest that you read this book. It really explains how we think as people and helps you to just be more thoughtful in the way that you speak to other people. I'm going to read just a little bit out of the book. All right, on page 38, he talks about his goal when he talks to people that don't know Jesus. And I just wanted to share a little bit of it with you. He says, it may surprise you to hear this, but I never set out to convert anyone. My aim is never to win someone to Christ. I have a more modest goal, one that you might consider adopting as your own. All I want to do is put a stone in someone's shoe. I want to give him something worth thinking about, something he can't ignore because it continues to poke at him in a good way. And then he talks about how it's okay to sow even if you don't reap. And then he says on page 39, I do not think it wise to make a beeline for the cross in every conversation. 
In most situations, the fruit is not ripe. The non-believer is simply not ready. She may have just begun to consider Christianity. Dropping a message on her that is, from her point of view, meaningless or simply unbelievable doesn't accomplish anything. In fact, it may be the worst thing that you can do. She rejects the message she doesn't understand, and then she's harder to reach the next time. Think of your own journey to Christ. Chances are you didn't go from a standstill to a total commitment. Instead, God dealt with you over a period of time. There was a period of reflection as you sorted out the details. A few years back, I spoke to a Jewish attorney who didn't understand why he needed to believe in Jesus. In his case, I didn't try to build a point of decision where I asked, do you want to receive Christ? Instead, I put a stone in his shoe. I gave him two questions to think about. He needed to digest vital information before he'd be ready for a genuine commitment. If he ever made a decision to trust Jesus, I wanted it to be informed and thoughtful, a choice that lasted, not an emotional reaction made in the heat of the moment that he'd later abandon. I just think that that's a great perspective and freeing because sometimes I have felt that way when I've spoken to people about the gospel. I felt as though a lot of the weight is on me, but I love his point of just putting a stone in someone's shoe, just adding on to what other people have said or done or what the Lord is doing in their life and not wearing that weight alone. Much of the rest of the book talks about different tactics as the book is aptly named. He encourages us to ask questions like, how did you come to that conclusion? Or what do you mean by that? Can you explain that more thoroughly? And instead of feeling attacked and trying to be defensive, giving an opportunity for the person to state why they're feeling the way they are against Jesus or the Bible or the faith, because people love to shift the burden of proof from themselves onto you, but we don't have to allow them to do that. The second portion of the book kind of chooses different types of people that you may encounter, people that are a steamroller or people that are super educated or that are emotionally compromised and helps you to think about how to meet each one of their needs and just be wise. So if you are someone who feels overwhelmed when you talk to people that aren't saved or is just looking for a really good resource to build up your understanding of logic and how to have a good argument and to be respectful and loving at the same time and not feel overwhelmed, this is a great book. The second book that I would love to share with you is a book by Sky Jathani. It is called With, Reimagining the Way That You Relate to God. This book was given to my husband and I through a valued counselor that came alongside us at a super difficult time in life and helped us walk through some really hard stuff and suggested this book. This book really transformed my relationship with God. The book says this, cleverly using four prepositions, under, over, from, and for, Sky Jathani convincingly diagnoses the reigning paradigms of life, whether secular or religious, and shows how each one has captured some element of truth, but in the end is deficient. Ultimately, they miss the most important thing, real communion with the living God. Thus, utilizing one final preposition, with. He lays out what it really means to know and experience communion with God, a life of faith, hope, and love, the very things that we all desperately want and need. This is a helpful, encouraging, and inspiring book. 
Another review for the book says this. Made of the stuff of spiritual classics and presented in simple contemporary terms, Sky Jathani does each of us a great service in calling us to reimagine the way that we relate to God. We so readily fall prey to living out distortions and reductions to our Christian faith with disastrous consequences. You and I are far more than sinners, consumers, managers, and servants. We are dearly loved by God and made for eternal communion with Him. Everything looks different when we live life in response to God's love. What I learned in this book is that I had become very pharisaical in my heart. I had become transactional and I had become just a servant of God, which we are called to be, but it was not the whole picture. My time with Jesus was seriously lacking. I had forgotten the sweetness of communion and somehow I had run on old fumes and just was kind of living life, doing what I knew I was called to do, being in the word, but not really sitting and spending good time with Jesus and being filled to overflowing. So this book, the Lord used to point out so many flaws in my heart and in my orthopraxy, because I believed that I believed the right things, but I wasn't living out what I thought I believed, if that makes any sense. So I would highly recommend this book. It's a very easy read, very, very thought-provoking. All right, the next book that I am going to talk about is Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. If you know me, if we have a relationship, you have heard me talk about this book because, again, this is probably one of the most pivotal books of my Christian life that I've ever read. And the Lord, again, used this to transform my relationship with him. And Pete Scazzaro is such a real guy. He has a podcast that I listen to. It's Emotionally Healthy Podcast for Leaders. It's amazing. I'll read to you the back of this book so you can get an idea of what this is about. It says, Pete Scazzaro learned the hard way. You can't be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Though Scazzaro was an experienced pastor of a growing church, his life and faith remained emotionally unhealthy. Like so many in the church, he routinely avoided healthy conflict in the name of keeping peace, ignored and suppressed emotions, used work for God as an excuse to run from God, which relates very much to the book that I just reviewed by Sky Jathani with, He continues to say that Pete lived without limits. In this best-selling book, Scazzaro outlines the top 10 symptoms of emotionally unhealthy spirituality. He then unpacks core biblical principles to guide you into an experience of lasting, beneath-the-surface transformation in your relationship with Christ. Pete Scazzaro, he's actually from New York City, so he was near where we used to live. He's the founding pastor of New Life Fellowship Church, which is in Queens in New York City. Reading his story in this book felt so much like my own. Being knowledgeable about the word, understanding what it was to be a servant, and just being someone who pushed forward, kind of ignored his emotions about things, didn't acknowledge his own limits, and ended up crashing because of it. What Scazzaro says in his book is God is the one that made us with emotions. They are not bad. They're like indicator lights on your dashboard. 
So if your oil light is on, you can't just cover it up and pretend it doesn't exist. You should find out why the oil light is on because you need oil in your engine. So if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling angry or overwhelmed or bitter, there is a reason why. And God gave us these emotions to be able to root out the sources of why we are struggling and not to live by our emotions, but to use them as tools. So reading this book really helped to readjust my mind to what it was to have healthy emotions that were aligned with scripture and to let them be used by God in my life and also to realize things like saying no and boundaries and understanding my own limits so I didn't burn out again because that is a big part of my story I haven't shared here yet but I have experienced a burnout so badly (laughs) and this book really helped me to recover when I was going through that season So if any of that sounds like you, I would highly suggest this. He's got a whole bunch of books. Um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality is a really good place to start. He also has Emotionally Healthy um, Discipleship and Church. He has all sorts of programs that churches can go through and do together. They also have videos and tons and tons of resources. So if you look him up and his work, there's a whole lot of awesome stuff on his website that you can glean from and use and Lord willing, become a healthier believer that can be used more effectively in the lives of others and really understand how to walk through life and deal with hard things, deal with hard people and not let it burn you out or spin you out. Okay, the next book that I would love to highlight is a book called The Normal Christian Life by Watchman Nee. If you have been listening to this podcast, I have read quotes from this book quite a few times. So you've probably heard little bits of it before. Um, Watchman Nee was just an incredible man that loved Jesus and had such a gift for writing. On the back, it says, The Normal Christian Life is Watchman Nee's great Christian classic, unfolding the path of faith and presenting the eternal purposes of God in simple terms. Honestly, I can flip through this book and stop almost anywhere as I'm doing right now as I'm talking to you. I can flip through this book, stop almost anywhere, read a section that I have highlighted and be encouraged all over again. This book really helps us to understand the heart of the gospel and the heart of Christ in a way that I maybe have missed in the past. This is one of the ones I've read so many times. I know I've said this on the podcast, but I couldn't leave it out of my book reviews today because if you haven't read The Normal Christian Life, please pick it up. It is amazing. It will definitely deepen your relationship with Christ. Okay, and the final book that I'm going to talk about today is a book by Tim Keller called Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. If you have experienced grief, or loss in your life that you have had a hard time wrapping your mind around, I would highly suggest for you to get this book. It is thick. There's a lot to it, but it is a gem. Tim takes such an amazing perspective on suffering. I'll read the back to you. It says, when pain and suffering come upon us, we finally see not only that we are not in control of our lives, but that we never were. The question of why God would allow pain and suffering in the world has vexed believers and non-believers forever. In Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering, Tim Keller takes on this enduring issue and shows that there is meaning and reason behind pain and suffering. 
making a forceful and groundbreaking case that this essential part of the human experience can be overcome only by understanding our relationship with God. Using biblical wisdom and personal stories of overcoming adversity, Keller brings a much-needed fresh viewpoint to this important issue. And the Gospel Coalition says, This book has something for everyone, something for the agnostic. Keller makes a strong argument that there are no true atheists. Something for the philosopher, although he invites the wounded reader to skip that section. And something for the believer, being beckoned into the inner sanctum of sharing in the fellowship of Christ's sufferings, a place no one naturally wants to go. This book is beautiful, and it is theological. He does have a lot of philosophy and things in here, but it is easy to skip those sections. I didn't read through them initially because I needed the Christian sections that were going to help my relationship with God and help me to process the things that I was walking through. But he makes some amazing points, and it just really helped me to wrap my mind around pain and to understand it more from God's perspective and stop looking at it just from my perspective. So these are the books that I would suggest to you that I have read recently that have truly changed my heart, showed me more about who God is, and I hope that they will do the same for you. Mm -hmm. 